Hello, and welcome to part two of the City Diplomacy podcast series for summer of 2021. I am your host, Yuval Karen, and today we'll be taking a look into the city of Dubai's global positioning and priorities, its role in international relations, and its local and international response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Before we dive in, it would be helpful to learn some about the history and background of Dubai. It began as a small fishing village in the 18th century and developed as a port city due to its proximity to Iran and location between East Asia and Europe. With the discovery of oil fields, Dubai's local economy exploded with massive infrastructure projects and additional ports. While Dubai was built on oil, today oil accounts for less than 1% of its GDP. Now, the city is known as a world center for trade, tourism, and finance. Dubai is the capital city of the Emirate of Dubai, which is itself a member of a federation, the United Arab Emirates. Dubai is the most populous city in the UAE. Let's take a look at some initiatives that may provide us with some insight into the positions Dubai has sought to occupy and will continue to do so on the global stage. Dubai has put a lot of energy into becoming one of the leading smart cities in the world. One example of this is the 2017 Global Cities Summit, which was hosted at Dubai's world-famous Burj Khalifa, currently the world's tallest skyscraper. The theme of the conference, which hosted city leaders from all over the world, was, quote, data as the universal language, end quote. Over three days, leaders of local government and members of the private sector from all around the world discussed standardization of data and data collection pra practices in the running of cities in order to create a globally comparable pool of data. From this data, shared by all cities, smarter solutions for waste management, commercial and residential real estate, public safety, and investment could be applied across the board, amongst other things. By hosting, Dubai showed its drive to be a global leader in the emerging field of smart cities. We should also pay attention to where Dubai decided to host this conference, the Burj Khalifa. It's no accident that they chose such a central and exceptional monument, with it being the largest building in the world. By gathering local leaders from across the globe and congregating them there, there's a message of soft diplomacy that is sent with the use of the ginormous skyscraper. The message is that Dubai is modern, Dubai is wealthy, Dubai is innovative, and most of all, Dubai is a leader. The city is heavily involved in the World Council on City Data, even becoming a local data hub for the organization. This demonstrates more of a long-term commitment than simply hosting one conference. And what it means to be a local data hub is that Dubai assumes the responsibility of, quote, showcasing leadership, demonstrating results, catalyzing action, and enabling city-to-city -city learning on a more permanent basis, end quote, around the Middle East and Northern Africa. This emphasis 
on serving as a regional leader extends to numerous other conferences, such as the Arab Future City Summit, described as the Middle East's leading smart city event. Here, Dubai focused on strengthening its digital city networks with other cities across the Arab world, with a particular emphasis on collaborations with the private sector in cities. From these conferences and long-term commitments, it is evident that Dubai wants to be on the forefront of smart city innovation, being the first to utilize new technologies to better connect the city to the rest of the globe and better execute the rest of its international agenda. What is the rest of that agenda? A huge focus lies on Dubai's role as a global economic player. Through its detailed self-published vision, quote, Dubai Plan 2021, end quote, it is evident that Dubai strives to create a diverse economic engine for itself that draws on talent from across the globe. One example of this is the Dubai Creative Economic Strategy, which seeks to leverage things learned through Dubai's numerous city networks to create an environment in Dubai that will draw international talent in creative fields such as writing, publishing, and the creative software industry. In Dubai Plan 2021, there is also a specific emphasis on growth in industrial strategy, for example in aerospace, pharmaceuticals, machinery, and aluminum, amongst other things. The city views this goal as separate from its successes as a global financial and trade center. Mirroring language used in its data as a universal language summit, Dubai will seek to, quote, enhance industrial coherence with other sectors, particularly strategic ones, to create an attractive investment environment, end quote. These similarities in language demonstrate a wish to utilize the lessons learned from city network conferences to develop strategies that will diversify Dubai's economy. Seeking to be a leader in the global community, Dubai is also a member of seemingly benevolent city networks such as the Milan Urban Food Policy Pact and the global city climate change efforts of C40. On its surface, this seems excellent. Dubai is committed to keeping its residents and the rest of the residents of the world fed and it wishes to curb climate change as much as any other member of C40. Upon closer inspection, though, some eyebrows could be raised. On the subject of food security, a Guardian article from late 2020 reveals that hundreds of blue-collar migrant workers who lost their jobs in Dubai with the onset of the global pandemic were left stranded in the city, reduced to receiving food from private donations, which often were lackluster, leaving them to go hungry. Asked for comment, the government of Dubai did not answer. It's hard to reconcile the external messaging of Dubai as a global leader, an example for other cities to model, a member of the Milan Urban Food Policy Pact, when it itself doesn't answer the legitimate questions on the, of the on-the-ground plight of its people. In regards to its C40 membership, all blog posts on C40's website about Dubai are written by members of Dubai's government. 
There is no blog post mentioning the $3.4 billion coal power plant being built in the Emirate. Additionally, each city on the C40 website has a profile which contains a section on mayoral powers. This section is typically quite detailed, giving a snapshot view of the mayor's ability to control things like the enforcement of financial policy or budgetary control of water and waste management. For Dubai, on the website, it simply reads, no mayoral powers data. For a city the size of Dubai, with its grand ambitions as a global force, such an omission is curious. This questioning naturally leads into a serious look into Dubai's municipal government and the overarching national government as a whole. Dubai does not exactly have a mayor. Instead, the emirate has a ruler, and I hope I'm saying this right, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. Sheikh Mohammed also happens to be the Prime Minister, Vice President, and Minister of Defense for the United Arab Emirates as a whole. So he's a man who occupies numerous roles, both in the local and national government. Within the context of city diplomacy, this is quite problematic. As we have addressed through our readings and our discussions in class, True city diplomacy exists in contrast and separate from the larger state apparatus. It must have some notion of autonomy and self-determination for the local government and its people. Let's take for example the story of the mayor of Irvine, who called out the federal government, emphasizing the powerful and singular position of municipal and city governments in response to crises like apartheid in South Africa. Looking at Dubai, can we really draw those distinctions? Would that be fair? Almost every city network conference or initiative or long-term plan that I've mentioned up to this point has the seal of the Executive Council, the main legislative body of Dubai, on the flyer or on the website. Somewhere it is there, the seal of the Executive Council. The Executive Council, often shortened to TEC, is chaired by His Highness Shaykh Hamdan bin Mohammed bin Rashid, the Crown Prince of Dubai, none other than the son of Shaykh Muhammad. The necessary separation between local government and national government all the way through the international relations initiatives of the city simply does not exist. Additionally, one of the virtues that has been extolled about city diplomacy is that it serves citizens better because local governments are more in tune with the wishes and concerns of their residents. They have their ears to the ground. They focus more on pragmatism over bickering over dogma. Treating a closeness to the people as a goal to be strived for also implies democracy, the will of the people, as the best way to carry out government operations. Dubai and the United Emir Arab Emirates are as a whole are far from a democracy. Citizens are not able to set up their own political parties and dissent against the government can lead to imprisonment, according to Human Rights Watch. The UAE also prevents the UN from conducting research on prison conditions and visiting detention centers. This stifling of resident rights seems antithetical 
both to the larger goals of city diplomacy as a field and the expressed global mission of Dubai as a visionary and modern city. I'm specifically reminded of Dubai's expressed goal of attracting international creatives. How can one actually pr promoting independent creative thought while also silencing and imprisoning detractors of the regime? Additionally, these human rights abuses paint Dubai's enthusiasm for building a smart city into an entirely new light, raising ethical questions. If the collection of massive amounts of data is not actually being used to create more efficient, better cities, but instead actually increase the capacity of a surveillance state that curbs digital freedom, then should such conferences even be encouraged? While these questions and the possible following answers to them could occupy a podcast all unto themselves, Perhaps it would be best to move on to how Dubai reacted to the COVID-19 pandemic on the international level. Almost four years before the pandemic, Dubai sought to overhaul its healthcare system with a 2016 announcement of the Dubai Health Strategy 2021, which looked at how other international cities and healthcare systems, such as Johns Hopkins and the city of Baltimore, dealt with health crises. By observing the good practices of other cities, Dubai sought to provide a better digital healthcare experience amongst other things. This strategy would prove invaluable in the world of the pandemic, allowing Dubai to quickly take the lessons learned from other cities and apply them to a new necessary strategy of telemedicine. An interesting side note that I found while doing research on this was a press release from the United Arab, Arab Emirates and Dubai of President Bollinger of Columbia University and other members of the Board of the Trustees with Sheikh Mohammed smiling for the cameras and praising Dubai's facilities. Take from that what you will. While Dubai's pandemic response has in certain ways been common to that of many other cities across the world, possibly reopening with too much haste, leading to a surge in January and February of 2021, the city appears to have successfully leveraged its international tourist destination reputation and pharmaceutical connections into a strong global strategy. In recent months, Dubai has marketed itself as a vaccine tourism destination. Foreigners can come visit the Emirate, spend their money at Dubai's hotels, restaurants, and attractions, while also receiving a coronavirus vaccine. Dubai will also be extending this program into Expo 2020, a massive world fair that will be it will be hosting, which will contain cultural exhibits from hundreds of countries across the world. So here, Dubai gets to act both as a health literal lifesaver while also existing within its well-established role as a tourism haven. It's quite the maneuver. It's evident that Dubai already occupies a large space on the global city network and it aspires to reach even greater heights. It's shown a clever approach to international relations, presenting itself as glitzy and modern and progressive as a city can get, an oasis in the desert. Still, underneath the gilded surface, there are serious questions to be raised about Dubai's motivations as an international player. 
Does a city government that fundamentally opposes freedom of speech deserve to be an equal player in city network organizations? Dubai begs the question, where do we draw the line of membership in these city networks? And what does city diplomacy even mean when the ruler of your city is also the prime minister of the country the city lies in? Thank you for your time.